And another follow button you should hit that I'm about to hit right now is Kevin Brockway. His Twitter is Kevin Brockway G1, covering Florida athletics for the Gainesville Sun and Gannett, Florida Network. For those of you that don't know, and Kevin, I don't know if you knew this, but I was once a University of Florida recruit, and I did spend a year down there, so I'm a bit familiar with the Gainesville Sun and with the University of Florida. Kevin, how's it going, my man? How about that? You were, uh, you know, probably uh, doing some crazy stuff on University Avenue back in the day. (laughs) I don't know if I would say all of that, you know what I'm saying, but... uh... (laughs) Kevin, do you have an explosive story about Wes Bryant during his days at Florida (laughs) that you're willing to share with us? I don't know what... What years were you there, Wes? I came there Spurrier's last year, so I was a part of that 2001 recruiting class. It was a rather light class. It was three of us from North Carolina in that class, actually. Was Ben Troop in that class? No, Ben Troop was a little bit ahead of me. It was me and uh, my man Lance Butler and Jonathan Marvin. We were three offensive linemen from North Carolina that made the trek to Gainesville. Our headline, I guess you could say, was Ingle Martin, the quarterback uh, from Tennessee. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I remember Ingle. Uh, I got there in 2003, so a little bit later. But I actually also covered Rand Carthon in high school when he was at Key West High School. Rand, yeah, and, he and just, now he's yeah with the Niners. He's the GM of the Titans now. Crazy. Yes, and then he, yeah, okay, all right. So uh, speaking of quarterbacks, and you talk about game and rage, Ingle Martin. Oh my God, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. All right, so <laughs> the main reason we hit you up, Anthony Richardson, a guy that's been linked to the Panthers in many mock drafts, but we don't know now after that scintillating workout that he had, the 4-3-3-40, the 10-9 broad jump, the 40-inch vert that he put on has scouts salivating over this guy. So let's start at the genesis of all this. During his time at the University of Florida, did Florida fans feel satisfied? Because I'm sure he came in with that reputation of being a crazy athlete. Do Florida fans feel that Richardson reached his potential during his time at Florida? Yeah, I think there are kind of mixed reviews on that. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, that he, he had a little bit of injury issues, you know, and a hamstring issue and was kind of splitting time with Emory Jones. And this year he finally got the job, but he was adjusting to a first-year coach, a new offense, there was a lot for him to kind of absorb. And, and if you remember in the swamp, I mean, he had that really terrific game against Utah where he was SEC Offensive Player of the Week. He had, you know, three touchdown runs, and everyone was really fired up. And, you know, this town has been waiting for the next Tebow forever. And then kind of reality hit the following game against Kentucky where you go 14-35. and 35. His ankle got hit early in that game. They were wondering about, you know, if that impacted his mobility a little bit. They also had uh, – a pretty good linebacker spying him throughout that game. And SEC linebackers are a little different than Utah linebackers. So um, I think he got that dose of reality really quick that, uh, you know, he couldn't, you know, uh, run all the time. Um, I think he became a better passer as the season went. Um, And I think he was also, you know, people talk about his completion percentage, but I think he was played by drops. And, I mean, he even admitted it at the combine. He said, I can't catch the receivers for you. And, you know, his last game against Florida State, he was 9-27, um, but he only had one of his starting receivers in that game. There were down about four or five scholarship receivers in that game and uh, had quite a, quite a few drops in that game. Um, and, he, you know, he throws a fastball, he throws a heavy ball. So I think the reactions are missed. I think fans were a little disappointed in, you know, the fact that it was a 6-7 and seven season and they expected a little more. But uh, I think, you know, all the tools are there for him to be a tremendously talented quarterback at the next level. 
Kevin Brockway. You can hit him up on Twitter. Kevin Brockway G1 is the Twitter handle. You talked about uh, the accuracy issues, and that's the biggest thing that people talk about. They talk about the tape. Have you seen his tape outside of the workout? You have to look at the tape. But what do you feel like maybe is his biggest flaw outside of his accuracy, or is that it? I think that's the main flaw, and I do think sometimes, too, the Kentucky game, uh, for example, uh, when things start going bad for him, uh, I wonder, he get, he gets a little shaken mentally. I think he's a very conscientious kid. He's an intelligent kid. I think he wants to please and he wants to do well, but I think at times when adversity hits, I could remember that Kentucky game, he threw a pick six, and you know, for the rest of that game, he was just kind of completely lost. And Keon Zipper actually said, you know, there were times that I was trying to reach him. That was one of his teammates, his tight end in the huddle. So I wonder about that aspect. Is he going to be that alpha where th- if things go wrong for him, can he respond? And, and some of that's a maturity thing. I think that takes a little bit of time. But that would be one thing that I would worry about a little bit is just, you know, he, he even admitted after that game that, you know, he lost his confidence, which is something you'd never want to hear from a quarterback. Uh, following the Kentucky game. And I I think his confidence grew as the season went on, but I just wonder, you know, is it going to stay there that whole time? Kevin Brockway, the Gainesville Sun and Gannett Florida Network, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. We're talking Anthony Richardson, a potential get at the quarterback position for Carolina. And Kevin, I I know we talked about it a little bit. Wes asked you if people thought he reached his potential during his time at Florida. I'll ask you, how surprised were you that this season was – at least in my opinion, underwhelming, just because we thought he might be contending for a Heisman Trophy. I mean, that was the kind of hype he was receiving coming into this season. Did you find it underwhelming, and how surprised uh, were you that it was underwhelming if you did feel that way? Well, I think it was a very tough SEC East. I mean, Georgia's a two-time national champion, right? Uh, Tennessee had a renaissance this year, um, and uh, they did catch South Carolina at a good time. I mean, they beat them uh, pretty soundly. But then South Carolina went on to beat uh, Georgia and, uh, you know, uh, not Georgia, excuse me, went on to uh, beat Clemson uh, back-to-back and Tennessee uh, to really close the season strong. I mean, obviously the Vanderbilt game was a huge disappointment. Uh, I think that kind of put a pall on the end of the season. Then they went to FSU and they were fairly competitive in that game, but, you know, couldn't beat their rivals uh, in Tallahassee on a Friday night game. And then, you know, everyone bailed on the team and, and, you know, they went to the bowl game and were annihilated by Oregon State, you know, having to cross the country with really a skeleton squad. So, yeah, I, there's a lot of noise in the system here. People are disappointed with how things went, uh, you know, uh, in, in terms of year one under Billy Napier. Um, you know, they're hoping for growth in, in year two. And I think Anthony took some of that on his shoulders. You know, like I said, people here are waiting for the next Kibo. And if you looked at his games, he you know, he had two 400-yard passing games, both were on the road at Tennessee and at Vanderbilt. I think he tended to play better on the road than at home. And I think being the hometown kid, being from Gainesville, I think he felt more pressure playing in the swamp than he did playing away. Well, and Kevin, we saw him run for 100 yards against Utah, as you mentioned. We saw him run for 100 against LSU and 96 against South Carolina. A couple of other pretty good games there, but there's where he was closest to 100. Just how special is his rushing ability, given all of the athleticism he possesses? Yeah, and don't forget the Texas A&M game, too. He had a pretty long touchdown run. I think it was about 50 or 60 yards as well. Uh, that was another one this season, you know, the USF game uh, a year ago. And, and he is, yeah, he's got... Uh, He's got speed to burn. Um, I mean, I think, too, there were some people that were wondering, 
how willing of a runner he was this year. There was some disappointment in that, uh, particularly after the first game against Utah. And there was some wondering, you know, how banged up his ankle got in that Kentucky game and um, how careful the coaching staff was with him because, you know, their backup quarterback situation, Jack Miller had broke his thumb in camp in August. They were down to their third stringer, Jalen Kitna. And um, I think they were concerned, too, about putting him in harm's way and wanted to get him through the season. And I guess, one, you know, one of the big goals I think Anthony had was just, you know, to make all 13, to make all 12 starts in the season. And he was able to do that uh, because that was kind of another, you know, big bugaboo during the season, during his career was his, his durability. Um, and he proved this year that uh, he could withstand a 12-game SEC season. And I think that'll bode for him well going into the NFL, too. Kevin, he's labeled a project, but do you think that he is ready to step into the NFL week one and start? And is his absorption of the playbook and his chalkboard work underrated? Yeah, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I you hear different things throughout town as to, you know, whether he was good at reading defenses, whether he wasn't. And he had a really nice touchdown throw in the Georgia game where he looked off the safety. Um, so I don't think, you know, and, and I find him to be a, a fairly intelligent kid in dealing with that. So I think some of that is, is overblown. You know, I think he'll be just fine there, but I still think, you know, I think throwing any rookie into uh, a situation in the NFL is, is tremendously difficult. And I, I would wonder, you know, I mean, take a look at Patrick Mahomes. It, you know, worked pretty well for him this city year. So, I mean, I, I would, you know, I, and if I'm Anthony Richardson, I wouldn't take it as a slight. I mean, I would take it as a, a positive and to, uh, maybe going into a situation where you have a veteran quarterback that you can learn from for half a year, three quarters of a year, you know, and start late your rookie year and then hit the ground running your second year. I think that would serve him well, but better than throwing him into the fire right away. What's a, a, a great story or insight uh, that people might not know about Anthony Richardson that would give us more insight into who he is as a person, whether it's on the field or off the field? Yeah, you know, he was a fireman. He uh, tried, w- wanted to be a fireman when he was uh, younger. He went to uh, kind of like a vocational, the Lofton School, and uh, went to a fire academy and was uh, and was interested in that. So I think he's, he's conscientious. He wants to help other people. Um, he's got that kind of gene uh, in his in his body. Um, and um, I, I guess something else is that, uh, you know, when Dan Mullen first recruited him, um, he was, uh, you know, throwing down tomahawk dunks. I mean, he was a really good basketball player. So this is just like, you know, not surprising. I mean, he was just a total athlete, natural athlete from the beginning. And uh, I think, you know, a kid that grew up in a fishbowl here in Gainesville with a lot of expectations and, you know, did his best to handle it. But uh, I, I think he's, uh, you know, a, a really good, you know, person. I think he would be a really good face for the franchise uh, in that regard. I, I do like, you know, I was very impressed with, his maturity and how he handled himself in the one year of the starter, especially in front of us. If Anthony uh, first year. Yep. Sorry, Kevin. No, I was just going to say, if he's a firefighter, I, I feel like he's probably the only firefighter in the world that could run faster to the fire than the fire truck itself could get there. <laughs> I want him. If he's here in Carolina and there is a problem with fire, I am calling Anthony Richardson because he's going to get there fast. And I can't uh, deny his ability to put it out. I did want to ask you this, though. You talked about some of the, the problems with drops from his receivers there. Just overall, what did you make of his supporting cast? Yeah, you know, not really strong. I mean, you know, you can – Justin Shorter had his moments last season. Um, Xavier Henderson had his moments last season. Uh, really, their most consistent receiver was Ricky Pearshall, a transfer from Arizona State. 
Uh, and then late in the season, both Henderson and, and Shorter got hurt uh, and really barely played. And I think that even hurt him you know, probably in the Vandy game as well uh, as, uh, you know, the Florida State game and, uh, you know, certainly the bowl game. So Pearshall was the only receiver that made it through the whole season healthy. Um, and uh, he was the best they have. So so I think they were very thin at the receiver position. You know, they, they did run the ball for, fairly well. Uh, you know, Trevor Etienne, Travis Etienne's younger brother from Jags, has a really bright future here. I think he's going to be more the focal point of the offense next year as a sophomore, and they're going to, you know, try to run the ball even more with him and with Montrell Johnson and, and their offensive line. That's really kind of the strength of, of what Florida does, but um, definitely need some upgrades at the wide receiver spot tight end. They didn't really have a dynamic tight end. I think that hurt too um, in terms of the offensive skill positions. Um, and then, you know, defensively too, I mean, Anthony was playing a lot of shootouts. It was not, a typical Florida defense. They really kind of struggled in their in their front seven and even in the back end, some of their safeties. I saw that uh, where Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean both uh, ran four sevens at the combine, and that kind of tells you the, the, the lack of speed that they had in the back end that really hurt them. Kevin, last thing for me, uh, I'll just ask you this. If you're Carolina at number nine or if you are one of the teams towards the top of the draft, are you taking him? Are you taking him that early, regardless of whatever quarterback is there or not? Are you selecting Anthony Richardson with a top 10 pick and feeling good about it? Yeah, I mean, there are a few guys. I think I would feel a little better about guys like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud because I think they were more consistent and accomplished. But if you want a guy that can, you know, has a higher upside, I mean, I would definitely take Anthony. I think he's got a higher upside than those two. I just wouldn't put him in a situation where you're going to be relying on him from day one, because I don't know how he would handle that uh, mentally, you know, right away. I, I, I would, I would give him a little time, you know, not a, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it, it could be, you know, half to three quarters of a season, but I would just give him time to settle in and to learn and then, you know, maybe throw him in there by the end of his rookie year. That's Kevin Brockway. Hit him up on Twitter. Kevin Brockway, G1, covering the Gators, giving us all the rundown on Anthony Richardson. Kevin, appreciate it, my man. All right. Thank you, guys.